This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Man, I got to tell you, the Chicago Cubs have been something, and... I've never seen anything like this from the Cubs. I, you know, before I was in the business, I was a Cubs fan. I have covered hundreds of Cubs games as the pre and post game guy from 15 through 17 and all my years of reporting at WBBM. I've never seen anything like this in a, in a Cubs regular season. And to be sure, it is unprecedented that the 2023 Cubs are the first team in franchise history to be 10 games over 500 after being 10 games under 500. And they just seems like every game that they play, they give you more reason to believe that a, they are going to be in the playoffs and that B they might be able to win in the playoffs. And most importantly, we may be looking at a real Cubs core going forward. And you know, one of the big things right now is is Cody Bellinger, and will the Cubs be able to to sign him? I haven't seen that a whole lot in my Cubs watching and reporting career, where a guy either is a rental player and then is re-signed by the team, or in the case of Cody Bellinger, where he is a one-year flyer guy. Where like, okay, yeah, we'll take you, even though you've been really bad for two years and maybe you've lost it, even though you were once an MVP, a flyer year. And obviously we know that Cody Bellinger has been great. 50 some RBIs since the all-star break. The guy has been great. He's player wise. He's been their MVP. But I just think back to, and I know it's not necessarily fair to use past Cubs as a precedent, but a couple of these guys were a few of these guys were on Jed Hoyer's watch. And I know Theo Epstein ultimately was making the decisions, but you know, Nick Castellanos was a guy who I thought the Cubs were going to, yeah, for sure. The guy loves Wrigley. You know, he could not have produced more and hit more doubles. He was a terrific Cub and then gone. Reds, right? Um, Jock Peterson, slightly different situation as Jock Peterson was really good for the Cubs and then they traded him. But there was never even a thought of bringing him back. And another guy, another ex-Dodger who had some really nice times in L.A., rookie of the year, right, um, didn't end up coming back. Aroldis Chapman, another example of that guy that comes in and, man, 
And and that might have been more on Chapman. He might have wanted to go back to the Yankees. It seems like he did. And you know, I don't. I, and and there might I might be wrong. There might be somebody somewhere along the line who debunks what I'm saying. But you know, Andre Dawson. You get all the way back to him when he signed that. You know, said here, here you go. Here's a here's a blank check. Sign me. And then he wins MVP. And then obviously they kept him around. So, I mean, I hope they do. But it's just, I, I am a little skeptical in terms of them bringing. I, he should come back. The Cubs have the money to bring him back. I just allow for a little bit of uh, skepticism in that regard. The other thing I'm thinking about the Cubs is who has been most responsible for the turnaround of the Chicago Cubs? Who do you give the most credit for it? And, you know, we could definitely start with Cody Bellinger. We could go to Justin Steele, who is legitimate contender now for the Cy Young Award. After what he did, I mean, really, it didn't even take this performance. But the performance that he put in on Labor Day, on Monday, was extraordinary. Eight shutout innings, 12 strikeouts, two walks, allowed two hits. Even when he did get into a little bit of trouble in the eighth inning of that game where he allows the leadoff guy on, he gets the next guy to hit into a double play. Next guy gets a base hit, strikes out the next guy. It's classic Justin Steele. And what he's been. So Justin Steele, you can make a case. You got to have one of those guys to do what the Cubs are doing. Justin Steele might be most responsible for the Cubs turnaround. Um, one of my dark horses, if we're playing this game, is Jan Gomes. I mean, how many big hits has Jan Gomes had this year? 17? <laughs> he's made some huge defensive plays. Was it the Red Series that he gunned the guy out at second base? Crucial spot. It might have been before that. But... He's been so terrific this year as well. But if I actually had to put a name down in the blank spot, I would go with Jed Hoyer. I would go with Jed Hoyer because even though the, you know, they won the, those eight straight games starting July 21st, but it still felt like, oh man, is this a mistake by, by not trading anybody away? Like Bellinger, you know, who, don't know what you'll, you know, you may end up getting nothing for Cody Bellinger. That, that's the way it might go down. But I guess you could say Jed Hoyer had the discipline, the discipline to not sell. And he bought a pretty good player in Jamer Candelario. Like that is an adult baseball player, offensively and defensively. I know he's been, as we're recording this, he's been slumping a little bit recently, has had some big home runs recently, but has not had a very good average as of late. But that's an adult baseball player. There's no doubt about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dansby Swanson. I mean, that's another. I mean, he was symbolic. That signing was symbolic of the Cubs are serious. Maybe they didn't think they were getting into the postseason this year, but Dansby Swanson signed under the idea that the Cubs would eventually be good. So I would I would put Swanson in there as well. But 
man, Hoyer's discipline. And Hoyer's the guy that signed all these guys, too. So at some point in time, you got to start to give that guy credit for not selling and bringing in the guys that he did and telling us throughout the season because of run differential that this team is not as bad as it looks. Like it, it, it was almost like he wanted to scream the code red every once in a while. Like this team is better than the, and they, and they are. And it, and that was like, I don't think that this has caught Jed Hoyer by surprise what the Cubs are doing because this is kind of what in a very reserved way he thought he was going to get from this team and really couldn't say it wholly. And I know he said it like something similar to that on the score where he did say, yeah, I mean, the numbers say we're better, you know, the numbers say we're better and we haven't gotten luck and now they're getting luck and the numbers remain very good. I could do without some of the one run games and stuff like that, but um, things are very good. And then, Look, David Ross is another guy, and we're going to nitpick David Ross. I've nitpicked David Ross for sure. But I will point to one thing that David Ross did this year, and there are plenty of other things, good and bad. But one thing that David Ross, one situation that he handled like a veteran, been doing this forever manager, was the Seiya Suzuki thing. You know, that's Jed Hoyer's guy, right? Brought in for pretty good money, expected to be a cornerstone of the team. Other teams bid on this guy on Seiya Suzuki, and he was sucking up the place for a while. Then they took him out of the lineup and then put him lower in the order. And I only bring that up to say, that's what you can do if you're a manager. You always hear the, the BS about, well, the manager can't go out there and play left field. Well, the manager can't go out there and hit the baseball. Well, the manager can't pitch out there. Okay, what the manager can do is do what he did with Seiya Suzuki. Say, you know what? I know who you are. I know who you are. I know who you are. You're very dangerous. And put him lower in the order. That's what you do. You sit a guy down. You shuffle the lineup. You sit a guy. That's how you can affect the game if you are a manager. And then there's all the in-game stuff. And I've you know, i talked about this many times. Down the stretch, if you're in a pennant race, managing matters. And... David Ross has done a good job. He'd not be at the top, top of my list for reasons why the Cubs have been better this year or good this year. They've had this turnaround, but you got to mention his name in that, in, in all of this as well. I mean, we could just keep playing this game. I mean, Hey, even though he's out and doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Um, and, Marcus Stroman has had a brilliant season. And I know he was struggling mightily before he went down, but you can't sleep on the impact that that guy has made to the rest of this pitching staff as well. And then I'll give you one other guy too, and that is Edward Alzali. Cubs have a closer. And he's blown a couple saves lately. Closers will blow saves, but I promise you he will get back on track. This guy has been terrific this year and in a season where maybe you didn't expect to win. So maybe you didn't think you needed a closer. One has risen and he's got everything that it takes to be a closer. So you have to put Edward Alzali in that conversation as well. And, you know, if Suzuki keeps doing what he's doing, maybe he, maybe he makes my, my special list here too. Nick Madrigal, not on the list, but they're starting. He has gone from absolute, project 
can we revive this guy? We'll throw him in the minors for a while. Yeah, throw him over at third base. Yeah, nobody expected that. All of a sudden, Nick Madrigal has become a pretty good third baseman. In the game on uh, Monday, on Labor Day, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, but that'd be great, very convenient if that was the case. He started a double play on a, on a tough hop that may have that I thought was one of the keys to the game. Eighth inning, Cubs are up three to nothing. Justin Steele's still out there, around 100 pitches. He gives up a, the leadoff walk, gets the next guy to hit into the double play, started by smooth Nick Madrigal over there. He had a huge hit in the Cincinnati series. The game that they finally went and ended up winning for 15 to seven was the final score. His contact is still amazing and he still doesn't really strike out. So t- trust me, like if the Cubs do make the postseason, Nick Madrigal is a, a valuable guy because you're going to be facing ace after ace after ace and you want somebody who can make contact. It was like, remember Tommy LaStella back in the day? The reason Tommy LaStella saw time, reason Tommy LaStella started at third base in the wild, the famous wild card game in 2015 against the Pirates is because Tommy wakes up hitting baseballs at, at any rate. And that's that's where Madrigal is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not putting Madrigal at the top of my list, but there's so many examples of guys on this team that they are getting something out of that you didn't expect necessarily to happen. Mark Leiter. Mark Leiter, another guy. Now, the the split seems to be running, wearing a little thin lately, but he's another guy who you have molded and helped, and he is absolutely produced. So there's just so much to talk about with the Cubs and the whole season. Well, I shouldn't say the whole season. Since July 21st or 22nd, whenever that winning streak started, the Cubs have been terrific. And it's at the point right now where there is no reason to think that it's going to stop. Even when they have bad games, even when they blow back-to-back games in Cincinnati and lose at the wire, and it sucks. And I did have that feeling of, oh, boy, is this where where it goes off the rails? Then they win the next game. They win the the game on Sunday, 15-7. to And then on Monday, they shut out in a clean game where Justin Steele dominated and you get big production from Seiya Suzuki and my guy, Jan freaking Gomes comes up with an RBI single and everything is okay again. So that's what this version of the Cubs have done this year. I'll look forward to continuing to watch it. And we're going to talk, look, the bears are coming up. Trust me. There will probably be another bears episode tomorrow, but we're going to be going hard on the Cubs as well. So thank you for listening. For our executive producer, Ray Diaz, I'm Mark Grody. We will talk to you later on The Daily Score.